Please listen carefully. Featuring your host, William the Guru Burridge. You don't want to keep him anymore because you just you just got opportunity to pick up somebody better. If you say you want to keep somebody, in my opinion, you should have to keep that person. You shouldn't be able to trade them off because you got some of the better three rounds ahead of time. And special guest, Hacksaw himself, Sean Collins. I put out feelers. I put out feelers out there. I'll just I'll, I'll send this guy a ridiculous trade, and I'll send this guy a ridiculous trade just to see if they'll counter offer him something. And don't forget the lowest man on the totem pole, Matthew Walker. It, it could come down to they could draft a, a guy, get to the training camp, not like the way he said yes, sir, and tell him to get the hell out of town. Episode of the Overdrive. All right, here we go, Mr. Collins. What we got going on today? Not much, man. Not much. Just uh, enjoying the day. Got my little baby. We uh, took it to the hospital today to get a little checkup done with it. But other than that, I mean, I'm, Lord's blessed me with a healthy baby. I'm uh, pretty pretty excited about it. I'm glad to be talking to you guys today. We're gonna talk a little fancy football today. Get my uh, get my little release for the day, so to speak. And uh, so let's get this thing started, man. I can't wait. Let's hurry up. All right. And then Matthew, you oh, going to say hey to us today or you just going to be quiet? Well, you know. Matt don't like talking to us. Yeah, I, I don't because it's one of those things, man. If we start talking to you, I just feel like the conversation never ends. So we could be here. Well, I mean, night. but then <laughs> I tried to thank you earlier and you told me you didn't want to talk to me unless Sean was on the line. What's that about? That's because Sean's the medium. Like, I feel like Sean breaks. Like, Sean has the kid. So therefore, Sean has like a strict timeline. So if you get off into like an hour conversation, Sean is like, "Look, guys, I gotta go. I gotta feed the baby." Just like last night, like we would have been on this on this phone call till like eleven o'clock at night. But Sean came in with the baby rescue and was like, "Look, got to feed the baby, fellas." And I was like, "Deuces, <laughs> we're out." So basically, you're saying Sean using his baby ass excuses already. Good job, Sean. Pretty much. No, pretty much. what I'm saying is Sean's baby is blessing more than just him at the moment. Wow. <laughs> I'd, rather oh, you just, awesome. I'd rather you just said you don't want to talk to me, but it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Well, hey, that's the main reason I just ignored the call when you called me. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I swear. I oh, promise you. Man. Hey, I no matter you. what, I love y'all guys, whether y'all know it or not. Hey, let's, 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 let's talk about some keepers. Today, Junior. Yeah, today, today. Um, yeah, so, I mean, what do y'all think of the keepers this year? I mean, y'all want to go through them or what? Let's do this. All right. Um, all right. Todd Gurley. Yeah, Todd Gurley. So, um, one of our new owners, Bob Gable, uh, took over my brother's team from last year, which... Man, if, if Byron would have had the draft that he had last year this year and where he got Todd Gurley last year, it, it would be hard to imagine that he wouldn't have one of the best teams in the league. So if it, just while we're on the keeper subject, if you go back and look at last year's draft and see some of the picks that were made and where some of those players were drafted, 
you can really get the full effect of what this keeper system is going to do for the league. You're really going to be able to set a foundation for your team and and build on that foundation year in and year out. But um, so yeah, we'll oh yeah, we'll pick up with Todd Gurley. Like I said, he he's going to pick keep Todd Gurley. Um, he drew the number three draft pick. Gurley's ADP right now is uh, right around 5.3, um, but he's usually the fourth player drafted in drafts. So we're talking a one-spot difference, and with Gurley, you can't even really argue with it. You just – it was the right call. No, yeah, I mean, he's the best player on a terrible team. I mean, what are you, you going to do? I mean, he, he's going to run the ball at least pretty much take probably 80, 85% of the snaps at running back. I mean, they don't have anybody behind him. Trey Mason, bless his heart, you know, he's having his issues. So he left and all that good stuff. But, yeah, with me being the number one pick, I, w- I was actually going to snatch his butt up if he didn't keep him. So he better be glad he did keep him. Hey, I read I read a stat that said he's going to get to 1,500 yards this year. Do y'all believe that? Yes, uh, easily. I mean, last year he did it. Last year he did 11.06. So, I mean, like Sean said, on a terrible team, you think he can get to 1,500? So well, yeah, if they if they lean on him, that, I mean that's he's gonna have to. He's gonna be their their source, source yeah. of pretty much most of the bulk of their offense. Yeah. So last year he played in uh, twelve games, I believe it was, and he basically got eleven hundred yards with ten touchdowns, um, but he only got two hundred twenty nine carries. So I mean, I would say he's gonna get upwards around two hundred sixty to two hundred seventy carries. Um, I think 1500 is if he if he plays in every, all 16 games this year, 1500 yards is easy for him. Oh, yeah. Do you think that's too many carries, Matt? Um, the only thing that that worries me about Gurley is 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 injuries in the past. Um, obviously he's had some serious lower leg injuries, so I I get really worried with him because I feel like at any moment somebody who's had non-contact injuries like he has. They they really kind of scare me. So you just kind of have to. I mean, as a fantasy owner, there's nothing you can do. You can just kind of hope for the best. But I just I don't I don't know. I, I think I wish they would get another guy in St. Louis or L.A. whatever they're at now to kind of help carry some of that load. He could definitely be a full time guy, but it, it would definitely shorten his career, I believe. Oh yeah. I mean, just look at. I mean, he is, a, you know, of course, a few years younger than DeMarco. But, I mean, look what happened to DeMarco. Even though, I mean, he went oh, 300-plus carries, almost, I think, 400-plus touches or something like that with Cowboys. And then he moves over to, uh, although it is a different offense, I understand that. But, I mean, he didn't do nothing for uh, for the Eagles. I mean, it, it just seemed like he was worn out pretty much. Although he did not fit the, fit the system. But, yeah, I mean, the days of running backs carrying the load are is pretty much over. And I feel like that's what he's going to have to do in St. Louis. I mean, in, well, in L.A. now. So, uh, but, I, yeah, but back to what you were saying, Will, I definitely think he can get 1,500 yards and 10-plus touchdowns. Yeah, I read a stat pretty, that pretty said. Easily. I read a stat that said in last year in 10 of his games, he either made a touchdown or he ran 100 or more yards. That's sick. Yeah, that's, yeah, for sure. That's 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 pretty sick. Um. Right there, I, I, I don't see. I, I think they overwork him. Like I said, I guess if they have nobody else, they're going to keep running him. But in a way, I just think that's too much running for one person to do. But we'll just have to see. Um, Mr. Mr. Matthew Walker decided to keep Ant- Ant- 
Antonio Brown, I mean, I, you can't say anything about this. I mean, he's going to keep him with um, number six pick. I don't know. I just wish I had him on my team. I, I don't have anything to say. I mean, that guy does some everything. I just like to see him flip. Yeah, um, I'll go ahead and speak on my boy. Um, but this this guy's amazing. Um, basically, what happened was you've got a guy who has now proven that no matter what you do, no matter how many people you put on him to cover, this guy is going to find a way to get open. And I don't know how he how he does it. Like, I mean, he went to college at Central Michigan. He's in his seventh year. We really didn't hear a lot from Antonio Brown his first couple of years. But you, you're looking at a guy in his last three years, he's played all 16 games, so he's durable. He's had over 100 receptions every year, and each year it goes up. So in 2013, he had 110 catches. 2014, he had 129 catches. And last year, he had 136 catches. And he didn't even have Big Ben for all 16 of his games. So Yeah, I know, right? His, and his yards continue to climb. He's It just seems like he's getting better and better every year. And he's still only 28 years old. So I, I feel like there's still more room for improvement. So I'm, I'm totally ecstatic to get this guy back this year and potentially until his career is over. I mean, I do, go ahead. I do have one concern, though. I mean, because, like I said, big band's prone to get hurt. I And, like I said, it's just he's out two, three times a year, a couple of games here, and then he's back in and he does a great game. And don't get me wrong, like you said, Antonio Brown soars no matter who's the quarterback, but he's more consistent when it's Big Ben because they know each other. I just wondered that if Ben's down six or seven games, would you still get the same performance out of him? I mean, I don't think you'd get the same performance at all. Um, he, When Landry Jones took over last year, um, there was like the first game or two he took over. There was a huge hit on Brown, it, but it, it seemed like once he got a couple games with Jones, he got a lot better. But Brown's success definitely is just straight reflected by if Big Ben's in the lineup or not. Those those two were basically one person. So oh it, yeah, it's just yeah, pretty much the first, and especially with uh, well, Le'Veon Bell's not out. He's what three weeks out now. Dude, those first three weeks with uh, Martavius Bryant out, I think, for the whole year, he's going to be a target monster pretty much. Even though they did add Ladarius Green tight end, uh, dude, he's going to be seeing all kind of stuff. But, hey, Matt, did the uh, the concussion he suffered at the uh, in the playoff game at the end of the year, have you been hearing any reports or anything about uh, any uh, – having any doubts about running over the middle anymore or anything like that? Because, I mean, that's where he gets a bulk of his yardage is – He's not afraid to run across the middle, catch pass, and I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe his yards after catch is something ridiculous. I mean, it's definitely like the top three. Yeah. So I was just, I was saying with that concussion, I, I didn't know if that concussion might have uh, not ne- not necessarily made you second guess, but made you think about whether you wanted to keep him or not. With it, I mean, because he is getting 20. I mean, he's not old, but he is 28. He's not like a you know Odell Beckham where he's still 24 or something like that. So, so, did you have any uh, any concerns about that as far as keeping him? Honestly, I I didn't even I totally forgot he got the concussion that last game of the year until you brought it up. So it was one of those things. Once once we knew once we basically once the draft started rolling around, and we had to put our keepers in. It it was never in the air. I mean, it was it was okay. AB all the way. And and I hate to say it, but watching him uh, 
this past weekend when the Steelers played the Saints in preseason and watching him just absolutely blow by our our defense like that was just astounding to watch. It was I'm I'm excited, man. I mean, well, he wanted, I mean, like I said, he definitely wanted the best. I mean, I don't think we'll obviously nobody play football the way he plays. I mean, in some of the way, I mean, to see him grab the ball every time I I don't watch a lot of him because he ain't really my team. But like I said, anytime you see a clip of him, it's something you see another player not able to do. I mean, like I said, some of the stuff he does has been pretty amazing. And like you said, he does it whether Ben's there or not. That's what makes him so great. He's consistent no matter who the quarterback is. Yeah, that is for sure. But yeah. uh, so uh, but what about uh, what do y'all think about David Johnson being being kept with the uh, number seven pick by Ryan, and is uh, what it looks like his ADP is somewhere between nine and ten. So he's so I mean that's not that's not too far off, just a couple of pick difference really. And uh, I, I mean I think he's going to be a target machine, especially receiving the ball out of the backfield. So uh, I definitely think that's, that's that was a definite uh, a good keep. By uh, by Ryan, what y'all think? I'm I'm kind of on the other side of the fence, um, and and mainly because when I when I go to keep somebody or when I look at keepers, then I look at sample size, like your sample size and your efficiency in the NFL over a long period of time is what matters to me, and and right now with David Johnson, we have a really really small sample size. This is a guy who was I mean he was a rookie last year, obviously. But he was not the he was not the starting running back coming into camp. So you had Ellington and Chris Johnson ahead of him, and he got the job purely because of injuries. And what worries yeah. me is it's not like the other two backs weren't doing good. Like Chris Johnson was having one of the best seasons he's had in a long time last year, and I wonder if that wasn't more offensive line driven than it was running back driven. So and another thing that scares me is Arizona, I think, is going to throw the ball a lot. Like, I just feel like with the wide receivers they have, they're, they're just going to air it out all the time. And th- this might end up being like um, – I'm trying to think of the player. I'll let y'all – I'm going to come back to that, but y'all go ahead and take it away. Well, and take it well I mean – well, yeah, yeah, it is a small sample size, but, I mean, you got to think about it. With uh, with Chris Johnson, I mean, last year, like you said, I, I kind of think that was more more like a, a fluke. Not necessarily a fluke, but kind of like a spur of the moment, kind of a spike in his career kind of thing, like a little resurgence that I don't think is going to last for another year or two. Now, I, I do think Andre Ellington is a heck of a back, and he definitely would take away the third down, uh, third down targets from him. But he's injury prone, so – I mean, I just think David Johnson, even though you do say they throw the ball a lot, but David Johnson's a heck of a uh, receiver out of the backfield. I mean, and, and, and really, when it comes down to that, I mean, just targets is targets is what you're looking for. And, I mean, he's just going to he's just gonna eat them up as far as getting them out of the backfield. I mean, if you look at last year, he did have 12 touchdowns. And like I said, I mean, it, the thing about it is I kind of agree with Matt on this one because he's not going to get – he got the position – he got it last year by default, I guess you can say. So when you look at Chris Johnson and Ellerton, I mean, both of them this year, nobody said anything bad about them. I mean, yeah, he's listed on the death chart as the number one, but I, I I just don't know if he was worth keeping to me. I mean, wait a minute. What, what, pick, what pick does Ryan have? He gets he's, into the number seven, so it's not a bad pick so, for where he's at in the draft. I, I don't think he would have filled no, that not at all. 
No, he, I, I don't think he went out either. I think, you know, maybe, uh, let's see who, here we got, who kept, maybe either number, yeah, probably, maybe number five. That's about as high as I would have saw him going with the number six pick, uh, Matt, were you keeping the pick number six? I, I don't think he would have went higher than five. So it, it was it was not really too much of a risk to keep him, I don't think. Because it's, like, it's not like somebody would have uh, picked him up earlier anyways. Not, not, in my, not in my opinion. Now, if, if we were doing a PPR league, then of course. But we're not doing PPR. So, I mean, that, that, that bumps him back down. I mean, a PPR league, I think he's probably maybe a – Top maybe a top five pick. I mean, he's probably the number two running back, maybe number three uh, running back. So that's, uh, it, it was a good keep, in my opinion. I guess it was. Like I said, he's going to have to do exactly what he did last year and more to get them kind of numbers again, though. But, hey, I mean, like I said, he's already kept them, so we'll just we'll see how it goes. Um, the one thing is I'm trying to think of it, and I, it, man, it, I just thought about it on the way home today. Maybe you guys can try to figure out who it was, but – there was a running back that did really good at the end of 2014, and he was drafted really, really high last year, and he absolutely just fell on his face the entire season. And I don't know why I can't think of this player, but I'm Come wondering. On, Eddie, if, Eddie, you talking about Eddie Lacy? No, no. I want to say it was a little more under the radar than Eddie Lacy, but it, it might have been. I was about to say, because Eddie, Eddie Lacy did terrible last year. Yeah, but, but I, I mean, you – you could be thinking about. I mean, you could be thinking about Carlos Hyde. He was a. I mean, he was what a, a second round pick or something like that, running back for Forty uh, ers and he was supposed to be pretty good. Uh, I, but he's he's been he's been injury prone. But he was definitely supposed to be the lead back after Frank Gore. Uh, after Frank Gore left. Yeah, I can't think of who it is, so we'll move on. But if I think about it, we'll come back to it. But it, it basically this guy and David Johnson were like super similar, and I, I was just always wondering if David Johnson was that going to be that guy this year. I got you. I got you. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I guess I guess it was a good pick. I mean, we're, we're, we'll leave it there. What about A.J. Green? Number 10. Hey, I don't know. I, I, I don't think he's got the same. I don't think the quarterback's going to be able to, to give him the numbers that he's been getting. And like I said, I mean, he – you kept, well, I guess with the number 10 pick, I can't say nothing about it. I, I didn't look at number 10, but if you're keeping him with the 10th pick, which he wouldn't have fell that far anyway, so. Yeah, he wouldn't have fell that far. I, the, the, here's yeah. the thing about that is is his ADP right now is 13.2, so he's actually the uh, 10th player being taken in most drafts, though, so actually he's kind of spot on. I think what the owner was trying to do here, and this is another one of our new owners. Uh, this is Mitch Kruver, so everybody, you know, welcome him to the league at some point. But so what I think his his goal was is at the ten pick, he's got eleven and twelve, and then twelve and eleven coming back to him. So I feel like he he really wanted AJ Green, and instead of taking that risk on him not get coming back to him in the second round, which I don't think he would have done, he went ahead and you know kept him at number ten, and. With Marvin Jones not being in Cincinnati anymore, I I kind of feel like AJ Green is you know always just been the guy. Like every year, people like wonder when is he gonna fall off. The guy's still 28 years old. I mean, this is only his sixth season. I, I just I still feel like he's could definitely end the season as a top 10 wide receiver, and you're just gonna get that consistency from him. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he has a good quarterback throwing to him, but not a great quarterback. But he is going to see increased targets because not only did Marvin Jones leave, but uh, what's his uh, Muhammad Sanu also left and went to the Falcons as well. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, they they have they they have a great tight end in Eifert, but he's injury prone as well. So, uh, but AJ is AJ is always going to be a great deep threat. So he's always going to you know any game he can pretty much. You know, get you 16 points on one play just from a bomb throw, which is uh, which is why you know a lot of people, a lot of people love 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 to have him on his team. Yeah, I think one of the best things about AJ is okay. So he's played five years, and in his five years, he's never played less than 13 games. So in his worst season as a fantasy football player, you missed him for three games, and that's. I think that's just outstanding for a wide receiver in the NFL these days. He's never not finished a year with a thousand yards receiving. He's always got at least six touchdowns. So I think the floor is, is when we talk about fantasy football, we like to talk about floors and ceilings. The floor being basically the the baseline, like you're not going to get anything worse than this, and the ceiling being the potential of the player. And I think as far as wide receivers go, AJ Green might have one of the best floors in the NFL because I feel like you're he's got the best baseline and you're gonna know exactly what you're gonna get. Any any um any wide receiver love to have his numbers. I'm just looking at him here and it says two thousand thirteen he had fourteen hundred and twenty six yards, two thousand fourteen a thousand and forty one, two thousand fifteen twelve ninety seven and he projected for fourteen eleven. How many people would love to have them numbers? And like Matt said, he hadn't had under six touchdowns in the last five seasons. That's pretty awesome. I don't like Dalton, though. I mean, that's that's my thing. I mean, A.J. Dalton's no. great. I just, I think, I don't know. I, I'm, I don't like Dalton. I don't like Alabama. But I'm kind of ready for A.J. McCarron to get a chance just to get Dalton out the way. But oh, yeah, I got you. That's, 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 that's my opinion. Well, I, what do y'all think about the, the definite, if, if anybody stole the keeper, it's definitely Paul. I mean, the dude got Odell Beckham as his number 11 pick. So, yeah. uh, I mean, I mean, come on, what, what, what do you want? He, he pretty much got the steal of the draft easily right there. Yeah, we don't even need to spend any time on this one. I mean, <laughs> any, anytime you get yeah. Odell Beckham, who's basically the second guy being drafted right after Antonio Brown, and, it, and it's flip-flopped, and I bet 50% of the drafts, I bet he's number one instead especially in a dynasty format like we're going to almost. So, yeah, number 11 pick in the in the draft, I mean, you can't even beat that. Not to mention he just locked up Odell Beckham for basically his entire football career. So, yeah, it's a win-win situation. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're looking at, okay, saying it's Odell Beckham, you look at it that way. But I think the difference in me and the way y'all look at it is, I guess I, whenever I think about the player, I think about who's throwing him the ball. I just think Eli is declining every single year. He's throwing more interceptions every single year. And I just think that it's not Odell Beckham's fault, but it's going to be hard for him to keep them numbers if Eli stays the quarterback. Well, well, I mean, really, I'm not saying it doesn't matter if you don't have a good quarterback, but as long as you get your targets, which he is going to get, you know, probably at least 10, 15 targets a game, not to mention they got rid of Reuben Randall. Mm -hmm. I mean – I mean, he's. He, I mean, he's gonna be. Uh, they don't have a great tight end. They don't even really have a great running game. So, I mean, he's gonna be. It's the, the same scenario with Ty Gurley. He's gonna be their main offensive weapon. And usually, when your main offensive weapon, you are gonna get him the ball. I mean, he's gonna get 15 targets a game easily. I agree. So, I mean, I mean, yeah, Eli's gonna throw 20 plus interceptions. I mean, he's led the league three times in interceptions over the past, I think, six years, five, six years. But 
I mean, he like I said, it, I mean, it don't matter. He's going to keep throwing the ball up to him, and he's going to keep getting yardage. So even if it is garbage time, it don't matter. The points still count. Mm-hmm. I agree completely. All right. But I, I mean, that's like I said. It's like I said. There's some pretty good keepers we kept this year. And there's a couple of things we. I I just want to touch base on, um, and just get y'all opinion on it. The Joey Boza situation. Um, let me just tell you what's going on with that one. Basically, he's a rookie, and he decided, in my opinion, he decided to do a holdout because he didn't like the writing in his contract. I think a lot of it came from his friends and his family. But basically, um, I'm reading this right here. It says he didn't like the offset language in which the organization pays him a remaining portion of the player's salary not covered by the new team that signs the release player. So in so many words, he wanted all of his um, he wanted all of his, his his bonus up front. This went on for a good little while. He finally signed today, but. Basically, when it was all over with, he got every bit of his signing bonus up front. Um, I don't like the way it was done. I think it caused a lot of friction between him and the, the ownership, the team. I think it's going to cause friction between between his players. Um, on top of that, he's late getting started. I'm glad it got done, but I just I don't I don't think this kind of stuff should be allowed in the NFL from from a rookie. I think the NFL needs to look at this and say, okay, look. How do we fix this? I don't think a rookie should have that much power. If you decide you want to do something like this, then, I mean, I think the NFL needs to jump in and say, hey, we're not allowing this. So somebody needs to look at this a lot deeper because, to me, this whole thing didn't make any sense. Well, oh, well. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was about to say, I mean, you, you go back to, I think it was uh, before 2011. I mean, you look at the, the signing bonuses and the guaranteed money rookie, you know, first-round picks used to get. Uh, I mean, what they're getting paid today is, is is nothing, just a drop in the ocean. I mean, you got Jamarcus Russell. He I mean, he was guaranteed, I think, like you know, forty five, thirty five million or something like that. Uh, and he he was the, probably the biggest bust in all football. So uh, I don't really have a problem with the money issue, but my whole thing is, I mean, you're blessed to be the number one pick or you know number three pick in this year's draft, and and you're holding out because you can't get all seventeen million up front. You have to wait, you know, eight months to get the rest of your money after the new year. That's just stupid. I don't know. I mean, you're just an idiot. There ain't no sense in holding out. I mean, you're still getting paid millions of dollars. I mean, you're not going to blow $17 million, you know, in eight months. So I, it don't make no sense why uh, why he even had the dispute. I think his father was the one that was negotiating. And another thing on it, I, I, I'll get to you in just a second, Matt, I know. But another thing I was saying was uh, or thinking is the way they blew this up on, on social media, I mean, was just crazy. And they, they – Put the Chargers in a, you know, they didn't really put the Chargers in the bind because the Chargers gave him their best offer, and they, you know, they pretty much took it off the table when he didn't want it. So, to me, the way the it was played out on social media really, really got under my skin a little bit. It's like, man, come on, grow up, you're a grown man, y'all, you know, y'all can have these these talks behind closed doors and get this stuff worked out. There ain't no sense in going out to the media saying, you know, they're not doing me right or they're not paying me my money up front and all that kind of stuff. It just makes no sense. And let me say one thing before you dig into this, Matt. And like Sean said, the thing that got me was last week they offered him 85% of his signing bonus up front. They turned it down. But like Sean said, the most impressive thing to me out of the whole thing was the Chargers said, okay, look, we're done. We're not doing anything. Then he signs the day. But it was it was a good a good thing that the team stood up and said, okay, look, we're not we're not we're not we're not taking this. We're done with the whole thing. Either you you bend in here and take it, or we're not doing anything. Yeah, um, 
I'm, I'm going to go ahead and get on my soapbox because this is probably one of the, the situations I dislike the most. Um, you kind of mentioned the NFL, Will, and I don't, I don't think the NFL has done anything wrong in this situation. This is the longest a rookie has held out since the newest bargaining agreement was settled in 2011. So we're talking five years. This is the longest holdout. So we've had five years of people of a smooth process. I feel like the new agreement the NFL has in place is, is really fair to a player. I have no problem with it. This kid has remained unsigned for 31 days, okay? So basically, while his players and his teammates are at, at practice, you know, working their butt off, getting ready for the season, he's, you know, at home sitting at the pool, you know, trying to get a couple extra million. I mean, like, like 15 million is not enough. You got to get 17. Like, it, it's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, the Chargers, I, I really feel bad about, for, you know, feel sorry for the organization because. They went out and they thought that you could make an immediate improvement to their football team. We all know the Chargers defense could use a talent like Joey Bosa. You just got done playing for the Ohio State University where you won a national championship. I mean, life is pretty good for Joey Bosa. So the whole the whole situation just kind of disgusts me, honestly. Um, he's They've already said he's not going to play in his final preseason game, so... Your whole the whole four preseason games you now have not been a part of, which is a very crucial part of for a rookie to get used to how the league operates and the speed difference. And we don't even know if we'd be ready by week one. I mean, you just really have to kind of dig in and see, like as a teammate, if you've been in in preseason sweating and going out there in OTAs and mini camps and doing all this stuff, and this dude, this rookie who ain't even proved himself in the league is just with his feet propped up and now anyways so yeah um anyway so basically we have to go back to how how is this his teammates gonna think of this kid like is this gonna be something that goes on in the locker room all year and it, it's just not a good situation oh no yeah. of course. I mean, go ahead will and when i was saying about the nfl what i'm what i'm saying is i agree with everything matt said but when i'm saying the nfl i think it's it, to me, when it's something like this, I don't think the NFL did anything wrong, but I just don't think a rookie player should have this much power. I know his dad was behind it. I know his agent has something to do with it. But my thing is a rookie player should have to show up. You got drafted, you should have to show up. Yeah, but it's, I mean, I mean, I it's America. I mean, if, if you don't want to show up, then it's your right not to show up. I mean, that's 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 on the organization and the scouts to learn a player's character before – he gets there. Like, I feel like there should have been some red flags out there. They should have known, like somebody at Ohio state university obviously knew this guy was a, a butthole and was cocky and conceited that this is not new. Somebody doesn't just change their character from one situation or one school to the next. So it, it if you draft a guy who doesn't want to come in and do that, I, that, that's on your front office in my opinion. Well, yeah, I mean, and if, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, he was actually suspended for the first game of his senior season. If I'm not, if uh, if memory serves me right, and also there were reports on ESPN. I remember uh, hearing that he was a uh, uh, sort of a, a hustle one week or hustle one uh, day in a drill, and then not hustle on another day in a drill. So, like you said, I, I definitely think the Chargers took a chance with him at number three, and like as far as the attitude in the locker room. Yeah, I don't think this is going to sit well at all with some some of the players. Um, 
but it's but speaking on you know you can do what you want to do in America kind of thing. What do y'all think about this whole uh, uh, Kaepernick Kaepernick thing with him saying that he uh, you know of course everybody knows the story. He uh, sitting out or sitting down during the national anthem and um, uh, he doesn't see it as a sign of respect. But I know many Americans uh, do, myself included. Uh, you know no matter what turmoil the the, the you know, America's going through. That is one thing that we can all, you know, uh, look to as a, uh, a central focus, uh, you know, th- that we are united no matter what our differences are. Um, and, and, and for a guy getting paid with a contract with $19 million like that, um, yeah, he has the right to do that, but I, I'd love to see him put his money where his mouth is. I have no, I, He hasn't said one thing about what he is going to do besides just sitting on a bench uh, to show his support for any kind of, whether it's police brutality or, or any kind of oppression against uh, anybody. I don't see him setting up a, you know, a, some kind of charity or anything like that. I haven't seen any of that in, in the news or anything. Uh, and I would love, if he came out and, do, and done that instead of sitting down, I would have much more respect for him. Then, then well, I really lost a lot of for him already. But I mean, just put your money where your mouth is. I mean, he's getting paid 19 million. He's blessed that you know the people who are serving the country for that flag are giving him the opportunity to make that 19 million. And uh, that's about as far as I'll go into it before I get really mad and say some stuff that I don't want to say. I mean, I'm not you know I'm not you know racist or nothing like that. But you know, it's just the lack of respect that he's showing is just killing me. Yeah, and I'll be I'll be pretty much quick and just about this because. Obviously, everybody has their own opinions, and basically, this is a guy who, I mean, he's in a he's in a quarterback battle, you know, to try to get a starting job. The last thing you want to do is bring negative attention upon yourself, and I understand that he's trying to stand up for what he believes in, but in my opinion, there are a thousand different ways that you can stand up for your rights, and the flag represents you know, so much more than than just what's going on with, you know, black oppression or whatever he thinks this problem is. But basically, I, I feel like the the NFL has handled the situation wrong. And basically, my opinion of that is the NFL has no standards or no rules in place for what should be going on during the national anthem that that's basically left up to the teams and the coaching just you know the coaches but yet the nfl wants to stop the dallas cowboys from putting a star on the back of their helmet to support the you know the dallas cops that lost their lives so you as the nfl i feel like they are getting way too political and and putting their foot where they don't need to sometimes because i feel like you, you're they're supporting colin kaepernick and everything he wants to do but now you want to come in and stop a, another team for supporting cops. What kind of message is that going to send? So it's just a loss of respect for the, the organization. It's kind of a loss of respect for Chip Kelly. Um, there's certain coaches who have you know, rules and guidelines in place on what you exactly to the T, what you have to do during the national anthem. And if you don't do that, you don't play football for them. And obviously Chip Kelly doesn't have this in place. So in my eyes, he's just as guilty as the player. And I'll, I'll look at it this way. I guess you can say he says he's doing this for a country that, I mean, to me, the whole thing was dumb. Like Matt said, I think when you look at it, you hadn't heard anything from him as far as doing anything. He hadn't came out and said any kind of opinion on as far as the shootings or whatever you want to call it, whatever. I hadn't heard anything from him. Then he pops up and do this. 
you like Matt said, he's in a quarterback battle. He's not going to win it. Um, but my thing is, what you said is totally different than disrespecting the flag. Because when I think about the flag, the first thing that comes to my mind, and I'm African-American, is the people that serve this country. So in my opinion, when I looked at the whole thing, I think you just disrespected everybody that wears a uniform in this country. And my question to him is, what did those people do to you? Besides go over there and fight and put their life on the line every single day. So when he comes out and say something dumb like this, I would love to just look him in the face and say, okay, look, did you even think about this? Or can you explain to me what made you say this? So like I said, the whole thing was dumb. It didn't make any sense, but we do need to move on from that. Um, I'll say one more thing real quick. And and basically it's when when he came out and he said that he, he will continue to do this and he will continue to not stand while until there is change. So basically, you're going to sit there and do nothing to wait on change instead of be part of the change. You have infinite resources. You are an NFL quarterback. You can touch the lives of so many people. Why why wait for change when you can be the change? You want to you want to okay, stand wait. there and not do anything. Be the change. Don't wait for the change. All right, and if he says he's going to sit there, okay, let's get on with this. But if he says he's going to sit there, this just popped up in me when you said that. So basically what he's saying is I done made all this noise. Everybody's listening to me, and I say I'm going to continue to sit on my ass and do nothing. That's basically what he's saying. Exactly. Because they, if you sit down, that's basically what you're doing. You're not doing anything. I'm not going to help here. I'm not going to help here. I'm not going to offer my assistance. I'm not going to start anything. I'm just going to sit back down on my butt and pout. I agree. So, yeah, but he's going to be he's going to be he's going to be doing that the, the whole year anyway. He's going to be he might as well get used to riding up there. Yeah. He, he won't yeah, even be on yeah. the 49ers roster by the end of the year. Yeah, let's 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 move on. Tony Romo. Guys, um did Tony Romo's in trouble to me. I'm I'm I, I don't know Tony, but I'm worried about him personally. <laughs> uh, I am. I mean, Tony Romo's had more back surgery. I didn't even know a person had that many bones and stuff and they I mean, I didn't think he could break anything in his back. And I think that when it comes to Tony Romo, he needs to retire. I think that this is this has got beyond out of control. Um, at the rate that Tony's going, still trying to play football, by the time he does retire, he ain't going to be able to walk. Um, I oh. think that he's not the savior to this team. I think he's overworked. Um, it's just this is a very bad situation. And it's almost like they need to have somebody else to step in and say, okay, look, Tony, you know, you can't play anymore. Because definitely by him hitting the ground like that and something else breaking that fast, whatever they worked on or whatever's supposed to be healed or glued back up, it's it's not together. Because this guy's breaking a bone every time he touched the ground. So um, this time he's supposed to be out six to eight weeks. Um, Like I said, it could be more like 10 to 12 weeks. He is the starting quarterback. Um, so like I said, let me know what y'all think on that one. He, he's got to be oh. the most fragile quarterback to ever play this game, right? As far as star oh, quarterbacks who, you know, or have been starters for years, I, I would definitely have to consider him the most fragile ever to play the game. I'm with you. I, he, he needs to hang it up. He needs to, he needs to call it quits before obviously his, his body doesn't handle, you know, certain hits like other people's do. And I, I'm I'm exact I'm right on board with you. He needs to call it quits before he he does some damage that can't be undone. Oh, of course. I mean, it's it's a lose lose situation for him. I mean, because uh, you know if Dak comes in, you know he's out ten weeks. Dak comes in and does great, 
I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, you you can't sit back if he goes seven and three or or something like that, and you're still in the playoff hunt. I mean, if he's got the momentum, you don't want the Tony Romo you know injured to come back. And then on the flip side of that, if they do terrible, Tony's not going to want to come back to play for a team that's not even going to make the playoffs. So he I mean, he's pretty much for to me this year is pretty much wrapped up. And I mean, with him being 36 years old, I think he's had three three surgeries now on his back, at least two. I know, and and also with the collarbone issue. I mean, yeah, I mean, quarterbacks don't last that long, especially past 35. I mean, you have the few, Peyton, Tom, Carson, you know, stuff like that. But, no, I mean, I, I totally agree with you all. He should definitely hang it up this year, just call it quits. I mean, he's made his money. He's gotten paid. He's, you know, everybody loves Tony Romo for some reason. But, uh, you I, know, I have no idea. But That's two things that make me wonder going on. Number one, if deep inside Tony Romo, if you set him down in a room by himself and nobody on Dallas organization can hear him, what he tell you he wants to still play? And number two, I think that Dallas will continue to let him go out there and get beat up like that because they're shopping for somebody and they just hadn't found that person. And in their mind, well, he may get another bone broken, but he's the best we got right now. So when you talk about players being taken advantage of, this is where you talk about a player getting taken advantage of. I mean, this guy basically bodies in shambles. Now, you talk about somebody needing to step in and saying, okay, look, he ain't going back out there. There's got to be doctors behind this. You mean tell me all these doctors are clearing him to go back out there? So, but, hey, he's a grown man. He can do whatever he wants. It's his life. But this is a very, very bad situation. Oh, yeah. Well, I'd go ahead and tell you, I, I believe Dak will definitely surprise people. I don't think the uh, preseason was uh, uh, necessarily a fluke. I mean, he's got one of the best offensive lines. He's got a great rookie running back, and he's got two veterans behind him. So, uh, and, and, of course, you know, an elite receiver. Uh, so, I really think Dak's going to uh, um, impress people like he has during this uh, preseason. I don't have that belief in him yet. I mean, like I said, I understand where you're getting that from because, I mean, I just I've, – I've not seen a rookie come in the league and show out like that except for, I guess you can say, Cam Newton. Um, oh, he won't put up I just – I don't know. And then, like I said, I don't have – and maybe I look at it that way because I don't have the belief in Elliot yet. I mean, like I said, Elliot's still a rookie. Everybody's hyped him up like he's been in the league for four or five years. He's going to come in and get 1,500 yards here. I mean, I just – like I said, that team to me, the the um, the O line, it's not the same as it was two years ago. So, like Better. I said, I think there's a lot of problems. I think Prescott's gonna come in and do what rookies do, but I don't expect him to come in and save that team or do what Tony Romo um, done. I just I I don't see it yet. I guess I'm just not there yet. All right, well we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back. about some two to be's and not to be's um we got a couple of names down here we're just gonna throw them out and kind of get some opinions and see what y'all think i mean if the guy's the real deal he's the be if he's not the real deal you think he's a fluke and everybody just saying he's the real deal he's not to be so let me know what you think okay hacksaw let's go with blake borders yeah so uh so pretty much blake Borders had a uh, had a breakout second year sophomore season uh last year and i mean 
he put up some good stats. He put up, you know, for over 4,400 yards and 35 touchdowns. And, and uh, I believe the only person in the league that threw more touchdowns than him was, uh, was Tom Brady. But, uh, but I'm, I'm going to give you a little, little stats as, as to why I think he's not going to be as great this year as he was last year. I mean, the, the, probably the biggest stat that jumped out of me when I was starting to look, in, you know, look him up or whatever is when trailing or when his team was tied, he threw for 4,000 yards and 32 of his 35 touchdowns. When trailing or when tied, that just jumped out at me. I mean, they're not – they're a good team. I think they're a young team. I think they will be a better team a better team this year. But just 4,000 yards and 32 of his 35 touchdowns were when his team was tied or trailing. That, that, that was just amazing. And uh, another couple of stats I was going to throw, uh, throw out there, the lack of the running game is also what just boosted his stats last year. Uh, I, I did, it surprised me when I was looking it up. Within the red zone – he actually ranks first in every category as far as attempts within 20 yards, 15, 10, and 5. Uh, he, he, he's above Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady was only at 91, and then uh, Eli was at 87. So, I mean, they would get inside the five-yard line, and they didn't have a running game, and they had to throw it. I mean, he has two two uh, pretty good wide receivers, you know, the the, the two Allen brothers, you know, Allen, I call them Allen brothers, Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns. But uh, – but this year, I think his stats are going to go down because they picked up Chris Ivory, uh, who uh, who we all know is a bruiser, and they're going to use him in the red zone a bunch, I believe. Uh, I mean, they have to. Yeldon, of course, is a great back. I think he's great. He's a great change of pace back. He's also a little bit of a bruiser. But they only had two games last year where they had a 100-yard rusher. And then in every other game, they never had more than 75. So I definitely think that's going to change this year. I definitely think they'll have a lot more uh, 100-yard rushers, and, and they'll definitely chew the clock more, which will mean that Bortles will not have the um, the opportunity to uh, to throw the ball as uh, as much. And uh, not to mention they do have a little bit of an improved defense considering their first-round pick from last year was out the entire season. So they pretty much – have a uh, have a pretty much a, a free first round pick coming back this year on defense, so I mean you you put all that together, I just think that he's uh, he's not going to do as well this year. I think he's going to have a good year. I think he'll still throw for of course over three thousand yards and, and probably twenty plus TDs, but uh, I definitely don't think he's going to have the uh, the kind of year he did last year for sure. So, um, but I mean, y'all can let what y'all think if y'all disagree, but I threw out some stats so y'all tell me what y'all think. No, as the only thing about you about the stat was about him trailing so much was the key to that is they were basically always trailing, or they were always behind. I know. Um, so well, and, so and, basically, and, and, the the improvements of the defense with Jalen Ramsey, Miles Jack. I mean, I don't think they're going to be trailing nowhere near as much. So they're not going to have to oh, throw no. the ball. They get to control the game. They get to play the game they want to play the way, and they're not going to be forced to try to come back or be in comeback mode every single week. So I, I definitely agree with you. Yeah. No, I mean uh, he, he he threw, and most of the time the reason why they were trailing is because he was throwing the ball so you know so much, and uh, and they would always get behind. I mean, but but I, I don't think I don't think he'll have it. He had 18 interceptions last year. I don't think he'll have that many. I think he'll probably you know he'll of course have 10 plus, but uh, but I, I don't think he'll be nearly the uh, the stud he was last year in fantasy. All right, Matt. What about Carson Palmer? All right, so Carson Palmer, the ageless wonder, right? Um, 
basically, you could say that Carson, actually it's not even, but basically Carson Palmer had the best year of his career last year. So at 36 years old, Carson Palmer had the best year of his career. I'm calling fluke. So welcome to the not-to-be list, Mr. Carson Palmer. So last year, Carson Palmer played in all 16 games. He threw for 4,671 yards, 35 touchdowns, and 11 interceptions. Let me give you his last five years' averages. So over the past five years, he's averaged this. 3,468 yards, 21 touchdowns, and 13.2 interceptions. So we see a double-digit increase in his touchdowns from his past five years' averages, right? He's only eclipsed the 4,000-yard passing mark in five of his 12 seasons played. His current ADP right now is 5.5, which is actually quarterback nine, which is actually probably where he should be going because, you know, as a guy who had the year he had last year, you would almost think that people are going to be putting him in the, you know, right behind the Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger's. But, you know, actually to this day, Tom Brady's actually still being drafted ahead of him. Um, but I just don't see Carson Palmer, who is 36 years old this year, will turn 37 in December. I just don't see him. The numbers, to me, don't line up. He, he's not going to have the, the same year he had last year. Now, he will still have a good year. Don't, don't get me wrong when I say that he's you know going to be a terrible quarterback this year. Carson Palmer is still going to be an elite quarterback. He's got a great ground game, as we talked about earlier. They've got you know three backs that they can go to at any time, and his wide receiver core is absolutely ridiculous. With Michael Floyd on the outside and John Brown and Larry Fitzgerald, I mean, he, he still has tons of targets, and I still think he's going to have a good year. But I have him going somewhere around the 4,000-yard mark this year. I don't have him going you know quite as high like he did last year with the 4,600. I don't see him going over 35 touchdowns. I have him around 28 touchdowns, and I think he'll throw a couple, a few more interceptions than 11 this year. Um, just to throw this out there, in preseason already, he's had three interceptions, um, and John Brown's out with a concussion. So, um, I mean, and Larry Fitzgerald's still out with the knee situation. So, I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah, and Larry Fitzgerald, I love Larry Fitzgerald. He's an awesome guy. But last year. I mean, he had a couple of rough seasons, and then all of a sudden last year he turned it back on, and he had a great year. So not only did, uh, uh, you know, I think Carson also benefited benefited from that because Fitzgerald was like his safety blanket, you know, pretty much all of last year. And uh, I don't think uh, Fitzgerald's going to do that again. I mean, like I said, he's a great guy, great player, but uh, I don't think he'll do that again. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, we're going to talk about Carlos Hyde. You know, I want to say one thing before we move to Carlos I've never seen a preseason with this many concussions. You got John Brown out with a concussion. You got Carlos Hyde, who we finna talk about out with a concussion. You got Dead Bryant out with a concussion. I, I I mean, I just think that I see why people don't play their number ones in preseason. I just think preseason's too long, and you got all these people that, you know, got a year right in front of them, and the teams really need them, but they're sitting out with a concussion. But go ahead on, Sean. Yeah, uh, well, pretty much Carlos Hyde. Uh, yeah, he's he's a he's a pretty uh, let's see how should I say it. He's a sleeper, I think. I mean, I think he's going to be a lot better. I mean, I know he's injury prone. I think he's he's missed eleven games out of the past uh, two years. But uh, 
Chip Kelly bringing that offense, I mean, it's never been terrible for running backs. So, I mean, that's pretty much all you got to do. You can pretty much say anything you want about his quarterbacks, whether it be Sanchez. Do what? Unless your name's DeMarco Murray. Well, yeah, but he didn't, he didn't fit the system. What do you want me to do? I mean, DeMarco, he averaged last year, he only averaged 3.6. But the guy that the guy that looks and runs like Carlos Hyde, Ryan Matthews, who is in that same system, averaged over five yards a carry. So, and I, I think uh, I think Carlos Hyde, you know, him and him and Ryan Matthews are pretty similar, I believe. And, uh, I mean, you just got to think about it. Like I said, Chip Carroll's offense is run-oriented. I mean, you're not going to have, uh, how should I put it, Let's see. His first year with LaShawn McCoy as as his running back, LaShawn McCoy set career highs in both uh, rushing attempts, rushing yards, and, and all that kind of stuff. And by the time Chip Kelly got you know got to McCoy, McCoy had, McCoy's already been in the league a couple of years, and I mean you know had had a, a toll was taken on his body. He already had over 850 plus carries. Hyde doesn't even have 200 yet. So, uh, and yeah. McCoy has a little shake and bake kind of thing, whatever, and uh, and whatnot. But Carlos Hyde has the ability to break tackles. And McCoy's best season under Kelly, his elusive rating was only forty-eight point eight. And last year, even though it's a small sample size, I mean, I, I take that in consideration. His elusive rating was seventy-eight point seven. So he can make people miss. And I really think in this offense he's going to flourish because, I mean, it's just, a like I said, it's a run-oriented offense. In 2003, uh, Chip Kelly Curse was offense. Uh, Chip Kelly's offense was first in rushing. In 2014, he was ninth. And even last year, well, like, we, like you said, DeMarco Murray had a terrible year. And he had DeMarco Murray and Ryan Matthews. He was still uh, 14th in um, – 14th in total rushing yards for the for the season, and he was still top 10 for rushing TDs. So I think they will get their touchdowns. And uh, yeah, with Carlos Hyde, yeah, I mean he's got a he's got a dominant, you know, a top five left tackle in Joe Staley. Uh, I think Blaine Gabbert. I think one of the reasons, and I, I'm I'm putting everybody in this. One of the reasons I think uh, if you if you go back and look at that 2013, why LaShawn McCoy did so well is because Nick Foles had an absolute breakout season. And I'm not trying to hype Blaine Gabbert by any means. He's, I don't think he's going to go 27 touchdowns to two interception ratio by, you know, by any means. But I do think he can be consistent. Uh, he's got a, he's got a good rapport with Vance McDonald. And all that's going to do is open up holes for, uh, for Chip Kelly's offense where I think, like I said, I mean, Hyde is still a relatively young, uh, young running back. If he can just avoid injuries, I know he has that concussion in the preseason, but they said he, he's already entered the uh, protocol system for the NFL I think he's going to uh I think he'll be ready for week one and I, I just think he's going to do uh do big things this year so you think so, uh, you he, think he's he, you he, think he's to be yeah yeah he's de- he's he's my definite to be for sure I'll, I, I'll I, say I, this I, about to be go ahead yeah I'll say this about Carlos Hyde to me Chip Kelly's system is everybody has to believe in it or it don't work that's that's the thing about this um one thing about Carlos Hyde Rotowire says he's going to double all his numbers. So last year he did three touchdowns. They got he's going to do seven. They said he going he did 470 yards last year. They got he going to do 1,020. But it yeah. don't work if everybody don't, you know, buy into Chip Kelly's system. If you got two or three people on the team that just can't keep up with that, it don't work for anybody. Yeah, well, I, well, I, I agree with you on that. But also, I'll have you, uh, you know, Chip Kelly's last year, he had two good running backs in DeMarco Murray and Ryan Matthews. 
Go look at San Francisco's depth chart. You tell me who his backup is. A nobody, Sean Drawn. So he is going to get, I mean, probably even more carries than uh, Todd Gurley will for the Rams. I mean, he's just going to eat up all the carries, and, and he is a third down back. It's not like he's going to be coming off the field for anything. So, I, I mean, like I said, with the depth chart, with it just being Chip Kelly's system and it just being run-oriented just regardless, I mean, you could say what you want about, you know, their, their, Chip Kelly's little system he has as far as the diet and the, the conditioning and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to rushing, just strictly rushing yards, you know, I don't think they're, they're going to do anything passing just because they don't have the talent outside or anything like that. But when it comes to just rushing with uh, Carlos Hyde, I definitely think he is going to have a good season, and that is why he is my uh, 2B to uh, get on your radar. And also, if you draft him this year, according to his, uh, his ADP, he's I think he's get uh, – you know, early third round, between early third round and fourth round. So you're pretty much getting a he's, – he's pretty much a sleeper. And if you pick him up that, you know, that late and he does a, a heck of a year, uh, it'll, it'll definitely be worth it as far as maybe keeping him next year. So he is my 2B. I'm not saying I'm drafting him, but I am making a point for why I think he's going to be a good fantasy running back this year. I mean, like I said, I think, it, I think it all depends on – if everybody buys into the system. Well, I mean, he's got a concussion right now. I'm sure he'll be ready by the first game, but okay, we got it to be. All right, um, what about Jared Cook, Matt? All right, Mr. Jared Cook. And you may be wondering, first thing you hear, Jared Cook, you're like, oh, here he comes with another not to be. Well, I'm here to tell you that Jared Cook is to be. To be number two B, as in to be, baby. This is Jared Cook. All right, <laughs> so this guy... Let's go ahead and throw it out there. Six five. All right. He's massive. He's gonna be. He's gonna. You know. He's huge. He's only 29 years old. So first off, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say I brought up Jared Cook a few maybe a few days ago. You know, we kind of put these segments together a couple of days in advance, and I brought up Jared Cook to these guys. And the first thing Sean was said, does he even play for anybody still? And I <laughs> and I think I think what happened was. I put some good juju on Jared Cook, all right? So I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there. When when I brought this up a couple of days ago, Jared Cook was not drafted. He he was not being drafted. He was going to straight to the waiver wire. I'm here to tell you today that his current ADP is up to 10.8, which is the number 15 ranked tight end right now. So, which is the 10th round. So he went from not being drafted to jumping all the way to the 10th round. So Jared Cook, go ahead and send me a couple hundred thou, you know. Got you, got you that ADP <laughs> on the rise. Let me get dig into some numbers. Spread the wealth. Spread the wealth. So, we haven't heard from Jared Cook for the last few years, and I think we have a really good explanation for this. Listen to some of the quarterbacks that Jared Cook has had to deal with in his career. 2015, he had to deal with Nick Foles and Case Keenum. Nothing special. 2014, Austin Davis and Sean Hill. You guys heard of them too? Sean Davis also. Oh yeah. Okay. Hey, hey, so so the miss, baby. So the miss. My right. brother like that. Oh, there you go. Shout Austin out. Davis to the top made the podcast. There you go. Shout shout out. So the miss. Go All ahead. Right. So then we got 2013 where he had Sam Bradford, Kellen Clemens, 2012, Jake Locker, and Matt Hasselbeck, and then the only year in his entire football career, 2011, where he had the same quarterback the entire season. Matt Hasselbeck. So out of all those guys, who would you think is the most profound quarterback that I that I said? It had to be Hasselbeck. He's the only name that really jumps out. Maybe Bradford, but Bradford was supposed to be, you know, the Andrew Luck of his draft, and he ain't done nothing. All right, so you passed the test, my good friend. So let's look 
at 2013. All right, he had Sam Bradford for seven games. Okay, this is the year that Sam Bradford started the season, got hurt, missed the rest of the year. Um, so he had, just keep in mind, only had Sam Bradford for seven games, and then he had to go to Kellen Clemens. So in 2013, Jared Cook had 51 catches for 671 yards and five touchdowns. All right. Now, to put into perspective on what I'm talking about, last year, Richard Rodgers for the Green Bay Packers, which is where Jared Cook is now, had 58 catches for 510 yards and eight touchdowns. That was good enough to make Richard Rodgers the number 10 ranked tight end in fantasy football last year. So then we go back to the year that Matt Hasselbeck, the year where he had one quarterback the entire season. Jared Cook had 49 catches for 759 yards and three touchdowns. So I'm here to tell you today that Jared Cook is now playing with the Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. This is the best quarterback he has ever got to step on the field with and wear the same jersey as him. This kid is still young. He's 29 years old. And I think that we're going to see anywhere from 50 to 60 catches this year. Anywhere from 500 to 600 yards and anywhere from 8 to 10 touchdowns. And that Ooh. should be good enough to put him as a top 10 fantasy tight end before the year's over with. Jared Cook. So you're saying, uh, no, no, you're saying no, his, whole, his whole situation is about because he's had bad quarterbacks and bad offense. Exactly. You're saying that's his whole situation. The kid has got skills. I mean, but I, I I've got, never heard you talk like that about nobody. He wasn't drafted the other day. Now he's with the Green Bay Packers. But you're saying the whole story behind him is because he's got Aaron Rodgers, he's got a chance? I, I think, yes. Okay. No, no. I got two words for you. Jordy Nelson. The only reason that Richard Rodgers even had those attempts is because Jordy <laughs> Nelson was out the entire year. Now, Will, Will, I know that's your guy. I think, I yeah, think I yeah, I agree with that. I agree with you that. Had, you had Jordy Nelson, and he's had yeah, I agree fantasy. with that. I, I agree with and we, that. And, and, and we talked about Jordy Nelson the past couple of days. And with him coming back, I mean, he's going to eat up most of the targets. Now, yes, I agree. He probably will get some, you know, he'll get probably, you know, 35, 40 catches, maybe three, 300, 400 yards, maybe tops five touchdown passes because he is 6'5". He is a big guy. He is a red zone target. But with Jordy Nelson back, if Jordy Nelson is healthy, I, I mean, I, I can't see him going. I can't put, you know, put him up that high. So that, that, that's that's that. Will, go ahead, boss. I know you. I know you hey, love Jordan. I, you know, I'm not gonna talk about. It. I don't like talking about players that been out injured like that. I mean, I just I don't have the belief factor. Maybe I'm wrong. I just don't. I know Adrian Peterson did it, and I just I've never seen nobody come back like him. So I kind of want to wait before I say anything about Jordan. Hey, but I got a couple of names on the list y'all don't know about, and one of them. I heard Matt mention him the other day, and then you said something about him, and then I've been looking at him for the last couple of weeks. Um, Sterling Shepard. Um, to me, this is my question. I'm just putting a question out there. Sterling Shepard, the way he is, the the you know he's going to be a great rookie. But this is this is my belief. Can he be successful on a team with Eli? That's my question. I mean, you got Odell Beckham. I just I don't know if he could be successful. I just don't. I mean, what do y'all think? Well, I mean, uh, like, like all you had to say was Eli. Eli throws the ball a ton because they don't have a running game. So I mean, he and, and he's going to come. Eli right throws in. a lot of interceptions too, and all he catches his balls is Odell Beckham. 
Well, I know, but he's still gonna get his targets. Ruben Randall got his targets, but he didn't. He didn't. Uh, he didn't. You know, live up to the hype. I guess you could say he didn't take advantage of it. Even when Odell was was out, he didn't take advantage of it. I mean, they throw the ball. Eli throws the ball forty times a game. It seems like easily. That's why he throws so many interceptions. And because he throws more interceptions, guess what? They're gonna trail, and he's gonna throw the ball some more. So, I mean, he's gonna get his targets. I like that you brought him up. I think he's going to be a good slot receiver, if not a number two receiver for that team. Don't get me wrong. He's not going to produce anything like uh, uh, like Odell will. But, I mean, he's going to have, you know, Odell's going to get his yards. But I, I still think he's going to get probably over, you know, 50 catches, 600 yards at least, and maybe, you know, maybe four or five touchdowns for the year. I mean, he'll be a solid guy, maybe a late, uh, a late steal in the draft, somebody you can, you know, maybe put on your bench, and maybe he might blossom into a star. Uh, you know, you might be able to keep him the way we're doing the keepers, just, you know, the next coming years. But um, don't get me wrong, he's never going to be over Odell. But I do like that you brought him up. I've heard a lot of good things about him. So uh, I, I, I think he's going to be a decent a decent player, but not up to um, starting fantasy level yet. Yeah, I agree. I feel like I feel like the the NFL fantasy world has gone into this realm where if you're a rookie in the NFL, you're automatically going to be a superstar. It's like no matter who you are, where you came from, if you are a rookie in the NFL, you people have this perception that you are just automatically going to be the guy and you are just going to like tear it up and be the, the superstar of the league. Look, people, these are rookies. These are guys that spend half their years playing against colleges that aren't any good. Okay? So... You've got Sterling Shepard, obviously went to Oklahoma. He's got some good family history. His dad played in the NFL. So, and he, but he's in the Big 12, okay? This is, if ever, anybody knows anything about the Big 12, is that there's no defense exists. It's seven on seven, basically. It's just nothing but offense. So, peop, I just feel like people buy into these rookies way too soon. I, I just, oh, yeah. I, I think that you... Like Sean said, I think the best is yet to come from Sterling Shepard. I don't think you're going to see it this year. Victor Cruz is healthy. Um, Odell Beckham's going to get all the targets. I'm, I still think Sterling Shepard's going to be a huge part of the game plan. But you can't just go in thinking that this kid's going to light it up because based on his college career and how good he was at Oklahoma. Because you've got to look at the competition I mean, go go look at all the Big 12 and see how many of those players are playing in the NFL as far as defense goes, and that's that's all I'll say. Well, I, and I think there's a lot of people out there thinking, okay, Odell Beckham got his spot. You know he's going to get his target. Uh, they're still showing Victor Cruz as injured. So a lot of people thinking, okay, well, Victor Cruz is not going to get, you know, um, his share, and Shepard's going to step in and take the take a place of him. Um, but like I said, I mean, to me it's got a lot to do with the way – you know, Eli plays ball this year, and like you said, Beckham's definitely going to get his. I mean, I'm kind of in between. I just wanted to know y'all opinion on him. This next one, y'all not going to agree with me on. I know right off the back, I think a couple of years ago, he used to be Matt Boy. Um, I'm just sick of Matt Stafford. I think he's had too many chances. I think Calvin Johnson's gone. I think the Lions need to go in a different direction. Sure, he threw for, you know, 4,200 yards last year, 32 touchdowns, but he Every time he needs to do something important, he messes it up by throwing an interception. I mean, I just think that it's time that they say, okay, look, you know, we need to start looking for somebody. Somebody else needs to come in and start playing. I, I just think Matt Stafford's done, in my opinion. I could be 100% wrong, but 
I don't think he feels comfortable throwing. And if you look at one thing before y'all go anyway, if you look at um, if you look at who he's got to throw the ball to now, he has no premium people to throw the ball to. Nobody. I mean, just he he don't have anybody. He's got Tate right there. I mean, he's got um. That that's about it, really. Marvin Jones, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they picked him up. He he does have a veteran uh a veteran with Anquan Bolton. They picked up, but. Uh, like you said, he don't have a thousand yard passer nowhere in his. I mean, it's like you got you can't go. You can go down the whole depth chart and you don't have anybody that's ever did a thousand yards. Uh, I mean, so, that, I mean, that team's in shambles, and I think he's. I think he's part of the problem. But uh, let me know what y'all think. Oh, you took the word right out of my mouth with shambles. That's exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> the uh, yeah, I mean, the offense has been. I mean, the offense. What the only star that's ever been their offense for the past what seven years has been Calvin Johnson. I mean, they haven't had a premier running back. They haven't had a, a premier tight end, nothing, really. I mean, so with Cal, like you said, with Calvin Johnson going, I totally agree with you. Uh, Tate, Tate won't do too bad. Uh, I mean, he might be a good flex guy. Uh, but other than that, I mean, really, you know, they're, 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 like you said, they're in shambles. They're terrible. Hey, y'all can write this down. I'm a believer. All right. Matthew Stafford. Oh, Lord. Hurt. Here we go, son. Here we Matthew's... go. I knew he was going to have something to say about look. this. I feel like he's sitting back there with that look on his face. Oh, I'm ready, son. I, I, when I picked him, I said, watch. He's going to have something to say about this. Watch. Look, Matthew Stafford is currently being drafted to this day after Dak Prescott. Get, let that sink in a little bit. So you're telling me that people are drafting Dak Prescott before Matthew Stafford. Please. I dare all 11 of you people to show up to this draft party and leave Matthew Stafford for me to draft in the 16th round. Sound like he's irritated, don't it? I will take him, and I will win this league because Matthew Stafford plays for a team where they have no defense, and this dude is going to throw the ball 400-something times this year, and I'm a believer in Marvin Jones. I'm a believer in Golden Tate. And let me tell you something, Eric Ebron, baby. When this dude gets healthy, this dude is a monster. And I think that Matthew Stafford is going to be a top 10 quarterback this year. And you, you think should. that he's going to throw the ball to the other team a lot, at least 15 times this year? Oh, at least. I'm, I'm not going to oh, talk about least. interceptions. Hey, this is fantasy, babe. We talk about how many points he gets me, not how many he takes away. I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, I knew he was going to have something to say when hey, I, when I been, brought that one up. You've been sitting here clicking oh, that pin this entire podcast. Go ahead. Click that baby on and write down Matt Stafford's top ten quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> hey, with that said, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Hey. Woo! Some shots in the dark. Um, right now, we're gonna give us some. We're gonna do some two-year fantasy predictions. Um, everybody's gonna do two predictions, and um, feel free to talk on them or whatever. But um, that's how we're gonna start off with you. What you got? All right. So for my yearly, uh, my yearly prediction as far as fantasy is concerned, the first guy I want to talk about is Hunter Henry, the uh, rookie tight end from uh, from Arkansas, who's uh, now with the Chargers. Yes, he is sitting behind Antonio Gates, but Antonio Gates is, let's, let's face it, dude is old. He's great. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, probably without a doubt. 
but the dude is just getting up there with age. And while he was out with his injuries, uh, Ladarius Green was eating up yardage and targets. So for me, my my yearly prediction is a bold prediction, shot in the dark. I mean, you, I, I haven't even looked up his ADP, to be honest with you. I apologize for that. But if Matt wants to look that up, I know he, he knows them all. But he, to me, he is going to be you, – you think that Jerry Cook is going to be a top ten tight end. I, my shot in the dark is I say Hunter Henry is going to be better than uh, – Jerry Cook, he's going to be a top ten tight end this year, fantasy wise. I believe he will. I, you know, I, I, I hope uh, Antonio Gates. I don't want him to get injured by any means. But as much as the Chargers rely on throwing the ball, and um, he's going to get a bunch of targets, and he's a big guy. He's 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 an athlete. I think he will be a top ten uh, tight end because for one, that uh, that position as far as fantasy wise is not really, um, you know, it's not there's not much depth to it at all. So my prediction for the year is that Hunter Henry would be a top ten tight end. Yeah, he's going undrafted, um, and he's the thirty one ranked tight end. So maybe your prediction will bring some good juju That's to Hunter fine. Henry. I hope so. <laughs> hey, it's, it's, hey, it's a shot in the dark for a reason, son. So all right, all right. I'm I'm a, I'm gonna give you one of mine. I mean, y'all probably gonna laugh at me, and I like I said, I don't like Alabama. Everybody, in if you don't know it, I'm a diehard Auburn fan. I can't stand Alabama. But um, uh, Amari Cooper, um, I think this year he will finish in top three of all the wide receivers. Um, I think Brian, I think Carl looks great. Um, I think last year, I think he had a good season for him because he had 1,070 yards. This year he's predicted to do about 300 more yards than that. I think he's the main target on that team. And I, I, I think that team's going to be a totally different team this year. Because I think the team is really starting to sync up, and it's going to make a big difference. I'm not saying he's going to be number one, but you don't have Kevin Johnson. The only two people I'm putting in front of him is Odell Beckham and um, Antonio Brown. Like I said, I believe in AJ Green, but I, I just I don't believe. I think that Mari Cooper's up and coming, and he's going to be a big deal this year. I agree. Roll Tide. Oh, while we're on the, while we're on, while we're on the Alabama subject. I mean, I can't believe Matt though. actually agreed with me on something and didn't give me no objection. That's because oh you my finally God, came to your senses. I'm glad this is being recorded. I will listen to this for the rest of my life. I, I don't agree with top three <laughs> at all. I don't think he's going to be a top three, but I, I, I'm glad that you finally picked a real player. But while we're on to the subject of Alabama, I'll just go ahead and roll with Derrick Henry. So I think not only will Derrick Henry – have more fantasy points at the end of the year than DeMarco Murray, I predict that Derrick Henry will be a top 15 running back this year. Who is DeMarco Murray? He ain't nobody. He's the starting running back for the Titans, just in case you know. I understand know. that, but... That, this I, explains I, I, why your drafts always go while they do. I mean, it's all starting to make sense. I'm just now. saying, I understand where you're coming from, and I'm just saying you could have used a person that's actually doing something in the NFL. Dude, I said he's going to be a top 15 running back. Okay. I, I can't. I can't. I can't see that, man. I just think they're going to split carries too much. I mean, Demarco's just Demarco. I mean, his his name is so established now, especially after he did with Cowboys. I, I agree. I don't think either one of them will be uh, a top fifteen running back just because I think they're going to split so many carries. I mean, unless one of them gets hurt, which I hope not, but unless one of them gets hurt, I mean, unless Demarco gets hurt, I just can't see Henry uh, Henry putting up those uh, those kind of stats. 
I don't know. Henry runs a different way. Like I said, I mean, even last year, I mean, when you watch him run, he runs totally different. The 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 biggest problem I got with him is I think that his weight could be an issue in the NFL. I think um, Eddie Lacy's great, but I think his weight became an issue. And Alabama's known for having big, thick running backs. They run over you like crazy. I mean, they're just they're awesome, and that's awesome. And Alabama's, I mean, when you got a O line like that, I mean, they just they're, they're great. But in the NFL, it seems like to me they all run into the question where they need to slim down. Have you ever seen Derrick Henry without a shirt on? He's a beast. I will. I will, I will say that he's a beast. Let me. Tell I'm not you saying something. he's not a beast, but I'm just saying they no. they have all you, run into the same problem. Have you ever seen Derrick Henry without a shirt on? Look, no. Derrick Henry is a man. Derrick Henry is a man. We are all boys living in Derrick Henry's world. He is a man. Hey, uh, I, I, I hate I hate to do it, but I'll give you two more words again from uh, like I did earlier in the show. Trent Richardson. So go ahead to the next one, please. Trent Richardson ain't a man. <laughs> Trent ain't a man. Derrick Henry is a man. He, dude, Trent Richardson, dude, that dude was a beast. He was a bowling ball beast man, you, when he came out. Would you say Trent Richardson and Mark Ingram are about the same size? As far as height wise, yeah. I don't know about weight, but I, I know they're. I, I mean, they're pretty similar. Have you ever seen well, Mark Trent, Ingram stand next to Derrick Henry? I, I saw that one picture, but I think it was taken from a low angle. That's it's why em, he looks so bad. It's embarrassing. Derrick Henry is a man. But, we are all boys. I, I, I agree he's a man, but, look, yeah, Trent Richardson, he was a man among boys, too, and look what happened to him. Roll well, you know, but, I mean, to me, if you look behind Trent Richardson's situation, I think a lot of that was his family. I think I think a lot of that was the money situation, and I think he just wasn't focused on football enough. All right. I mean, Good and then he yeah. went through teams that – that do affect you when you get traded off like he got traded off. I can't really put, you know, Henry in the same category. Henry seems like he's a little bit more responsible. And, I mean, he seems like he carries himself totally different. So, like I said, I, I agree with Matt. He, he he could wind up being something special. All right. We're going to – when you start – it's 2016 and your podcast starts talking about Trent Richardson, you know we've reached a, a roadblock. So I'm going to just go along with my second yearly prediction – so right now, Jameis Winston is currently the 19th quarterback being drafted in ADPs. That is also, like my friend Matthew Stafford, behind Dak Prescott. So I predict that Jameis Winston will finish this season as a top 10 quarterback. I can see that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's got, I mean, like I said, he's got two big targets, or he's got three big targets. I think all of them are 6'5. He's got Mike Evans, who's a, you know, a star in the making pretty much. Uh, and then you got, of course, Vincent Jackson, veteran. And then you got the uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins. Uh, if he could stay healthy this year, I think if he would have got hurt last year, uh, they would have uh, they would have raked in some points. But uh, yeah, I definitely can see him as uh, when you said top ten quarterback. Is that what you said? Yeah, top ten quarterback. Oh yeah, I definitely agree with that for sure. I mean, this dude threw 259 yards in a preseason game the other day. So. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I like Jameis Winston. I'm glad he's matured a lot since he got to the NFL. I think he went to the perfect team to help him um, deal with that. So, I mean, yeah, I, I can see that. Um, my next one, um, Seattle. Thomas Rawls is hurt. Y'all know that. They say he's okay. But I really, 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 and I'm, I'm throwing this out there because I want y'all input on it. I really, really, really like the way Christian Michael runs. I like where he is. And I think that he's going to take that starting position from Thomas Rawls. 
by the year, season's end? No, I think he'll take it by the third game. I just don't think that – I think the way that he runs is, is totally different, and I don't think Rawls is just going to be – I just – I think Rawls got the position because they didn't have nobody else to give it to. Wait, and you quick. got So, just for like a disclaimer, do you think he's going to take it over pure talent, or do you think like if Rawls goes down and gets hurt, obviously – Christian's going to be the starter, so that like I think he's going to take it over pro talent. Okay, that that makes it better. I, I mean, I, I really do. I mean, I think I mean I understand you got CJ behind him, and everybody says CJ's running good too. But I don't know. I just I just think that I hope, and like I said, I really like what he's been doing. Um, I mean, he's got 157 yards through three preseason games. I mean, I I think he's going. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be something special. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I'll go ahead and get to mine real quick. The uh, <clears throat> My next uh, UW prediction is uh, Ryan Matthews, uh, the running back for uh, for the Eagles. With DeMarco departing, uh, like I said earlier, I threw out that stat. He was averaging five yards a carry. And uh, with Doug Peterson uh, <clears throat> coming in, I know their offensive line was a little bit in shambles, but I think he'll, uh, <clears throat> I think he'll improve it for sure. And right now, I think Ryan Matthews, he is the number uh, tw- the 21st running back, um, and he's currently being drafted 54th uh, overall. So I, but I could definitely, I definitely see him going for at least 1,100 yards, uh, and probably, probably about uh, 1,100 yards, probably about at least eight to nine, uh, nine touchdowns. So he's my, he's my yearly pick. He'll definitely, I think, like you said, or like you were talking about with uh, Derrick Henry, I think he'll be a top 15 running back. I can see that. All right. All right. All right. What about some NFL predictions for the year? I got one for you. Cowboys are done. It's almost like they're not even going to play this year. I don't see the Cowboys winning five games. I think the Romo situation is is horrible. I think um, – I'm sorry. I just don't believe the Prescott is ready. Um, I think Elliott, too many people talking about him. I think he's got too many stories in the news. And in my opinion, I really believe that so much stuff keep coming out about this guy. Something's gonna cook up on the suspension. Um, I I just I think they're done. I think Brian coming off a concussion and the, just having the offseason foot surgery. I just think there's too much stuff going on with this team, and the O line ain't the same line it used to be. I just don't see how the Cowboys could do anything. Yeah, I I got you. Uh, my my. My, one of my predictions for the year as far as the NFL is, uh, as I was talking about Blake Bortles earlier with the Jaguars, with all the improvements I believe that they've made as a team, of course, it, you know, I think uh, the Jaguars will turn that 5-11 and 11 record, uh, you know, flip-flop it around. And my, my prediction for the year is that they will go 11-5 and five and they will win the uh, AFC South uh, division is my, uh, one of my, my predictions for the year. I definitely agree with that. Um, I'll go ahead and throw one of my yearly NFL predictions out there. Um, kind of in regards to another turnaround team, the Oakland Raiders. I'm going to go ahead and predict that the Raiders will finish 10-6 uh, and six and win the AFC West. So I think they're going to knock the Broncos off, and the AFC West goes to the Raiders this year. Uh, uh, I guess I can see what that one. All right, this one's a big one. Yearly prediction, coach will win the Super Bowl. I know they got a tough schedule. Um, Luck is healthy. He's got some people in line. 
I really think that it's 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 their time. I think the coach will win the Super Bowl. Y'all can laugh at me, but I, I think that's I think I'm calling them right now. They will win the Super Bowl. Well, they better. I'm gonna take money they're spending on him. Yeah, I'm gonna take it a little further. I'm gonna say I'm gonna predict the NFC Championship game, the AFC Championship game, who wins each and who takes the Super Bowl. I predict Carolina and Green Bay will play in the NFC Championship game, and Carolina will win. I predict that New England and Pittsburgh will play in the AFC Championship, and New England will win. And then I have Carolina beating New England in this year's Super Bowl. Wow, really? Okay. I don't. I I, I can see that. That works out pretty well. I mean, that, the Steelers definitely their offense is going to be uh, hardly pretty much unstoppable. Once uh, Le'Veon Bell comes back, for sure. Um, let's see, my other yearly, um, my other yearly prediction, and I, I uh, <laughs> this was a pretty bold one. I will say is that I do believe that the Cowboys will win their division with Dak Prescott as a starting quarterback for the whole year nice. with a ten and six record. With a ten and six record, I believe he will. I will go on record. They will. Now he will lose a playoff game. He ain't gonna be. He's not gonna be that much better than Tony Romo because Tony Romo always loses playoff games. But I do believe that uh, Dak will ride this with 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 Ezekiel Elliott coming back. I think they. I think they got. They're bringing young blood to the t- uh, young blood to the uh, to the team. So I definitely. My prediction is they will go ten and six. I, I'll, I'm gonna reserve my uh, Super Bowl prediction probably till next next week. But I definitely think uh, the Cowboys would definitely go ten and six and win their division with Dak Prescott starting their starting quarterback for the whole year. I like All it. right, that's pretty interesting. All right, let's do some fantasy predictions for the week. Um, hey, this one I thought about for a minute, and I don't see it going any other way. RG three will not make it through the first game. I'm gonna be, be be quick about this. I think the way he's got beat up in the NFL that you don't even have to second think it. He's become a target for all players. Um, he's already been sacked six times in three preseason games, um, and he's still trying to make the big play. So I, I just I think that he will be done, I mean, sitting out the first game. I think he's going to be done by a half game. He's going to be on the bleachers. Touche. I'm going to go ahead and roll with Derek Carr for my weekly fantasy prediction. So I'm going to say in week one – Derek Carr will finish as the number one quarterback for the week, throwing for over 350 yards and three touchdowns. Oh, come on, come on. No, no, no. See, now I, I set up the whole Cowboys winning division because my weekly prediction for the first week of the season when the Cowboys play the Giants, which I think is going to be a high-scoring game, I think Dak is actually going to show out. He's going to go 31 for 45, 330 yards, four total TDs with one rushing. That's my prediction week one. You got a love affair with Zach Prescott, don't you? think you? he's going to throw the ball 45 <laughs> times his up. first NFL game? I do. I, I think it's going to be a high-scoring uh, shootout with the Giants. I really do. I, I, oh, I so let me ask but, you this. If that's the case, what they got Elliott for? Yeah, if they're going to throw the ball that much? the ball 45 no. times. I, I, hey, it, it's a bold prediction, brother. Okay? <laughs> look, now, look. Hey. But hey, both both their defenses suck. I know the Giants went out and spent a lot of money on defensive talent this year, but I don't think it's all going to come together in one game, and especially the first game of the season. Eli, so that first maybe. game, Eli. I think is going to it's going to be it's going to be a shootout. I mark my words. All right, um, my my my, I I got one weekly um, NFL prediction is 
Seahawks going to lose to Miami. They're going to lose the first game. I don't like the Seahawks. I don't think the line where it needs to be. I think people have got to the point where they kind of figured Russell Wilson out. And like I said, I really think that, you know, Thomas Rawls at running back is not going to work out because of the injury. And I think it's going to take a couple of games for them to figure it out, but they will lose that first game. Man, and it's going to be sad to get beat against Miami. We should we should change Miami. the name of this segment for Shots in the Light when it comes to your picks. There's... I know, right? Anyways. Wow, shocker. Anyways, all right, so for week one, my NFL prediction, I predict that the Patriots will beat the Cardinals in week one, led by Jimmy Garoppolo, who will throw for 300-plus yards and two touchdowns. What? I can I can I can see that. I can Shots see that in the dark, dark, baby. Shots in the dark. To be. Hey, he's got he's got he's got Gronk and Martellus Bennett and Julian Edelman. Yeah, he's gonna throw for some yardage. Three hundred yards like though. I do like that. Against the, one of hey, the NFL's you, best defenses. Hey, hey, Tom Brady dinks and dunks for three hundred yards all the time. What you got? Uh, but anyways, yeah. But anyway, so. Uh, that's pretty much, uh, Will. You wanna, you wanna, you wanna wrap this show up, bro? Or what? Man, I mean, come on. Uh, hey, well, like I said, I mean, I, this was awesome, guys. Um, second podcast on that belt. I mean, it was, it was awesome. This was fun. It was great. Um, like I said, we're gonna see how these predictions pan out. Um, some of the storylines we got going on right now in the NFL. Like I said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the draft. I'm excited about the first week. And like I said. It's been great being on here with y'all guys. Y'all got anything else that I want to add to it before we get out of here? It's been fun, nah, fellas. I'll see, I'll yeah, see everybody uh, this Saturday. Yeah, hey, have fun. Hey, man, hey, bring uh, bring plenty of requests, man. We'll definitely, if you got a hot topic you want to talk about, you want us to talk about on the show, just let us know. We'll add it to there. And remember, we're going to be doing uh, uh, guest callers on the show this year. So uh, feel free to sign up for that or whatnot. Let us know. And uh, Will, Matt, have fun talking to y'all tonight, man. Will. I'll see your big old forehead uh, later this week. Dude, Love I know you, you're not talking about foreheads. All right, guys, well, that's it. Um, I'm going to end it with the overdrive out, y'all. All right, see you next time. Out.